The Varmints podcast is not explicit. We will, however, acknowledge the fact that big animals sometimes use their funny-looking private parts to make little animals. This show is produced in conjunction with Blazing Caribou Studios. You can check out this and other cool podcasts in the Blazing Caribou family by heading over to BlazingCaribouStudios.com. If you like the show, consider becoming a Patreon and donating because BCS is funded solely by listeners like you. Special thanks to Alpha Geek Media and Diamond Club for their continued support. And as always, thank you for listening. Pan, pan, Greek god pan, one half goat, the other half man. Hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast here on the Blazing Caribou Network. Every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. I'm Paul, and I'm not an animal expert. Hey, Paul, I'm also named Paul, and uh, this week we're going to be talking about an animal that's been gaining a lot of popularity in the last couple of years. There's even been a video game that's made it, been made after it. Uh, it has a kind of a Chicago area connection, which uh, kind of is cool to me because I'm from the Chicago area, so I'm really excited about the animal this week. Yeah, me too. It's a it's an animal with a lot of mythological and historical significance. It is the domestic goat. So let's get right into it. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? So the domestic goat. Uh, the mountain goat is a completely different animal. It probably deserves its own half hour episode so we're just going to we're just going to concentrate today on domestic goats those are the goats that you see on farms the, the goats that you see in uh, petting zoos uh, and i think everybody knows kind of what a goat is it's kind of the thing has got some horns on its head it likes to headbutt things and uh likes to jump around exactly mm-hmm. did you know there were 200 breeds of domestic goat i knew there were a lot of different breeds but i didn't realize that there were 200 that's that's quite a few uh I mean, are, are, can you, are all those like, so that's all domestic goats then? Like, that's not including wild animals or anything like that? No, that's just domestic goats. Wow, that, that's pretty nuts. I don't know. Yeah, the, there's a little Nigerian dwarf goat that's about 20 pounds, and the Anglo-Nubian goat, which gets up to about 250 pounds, and then everywhere in between. Yeah, I've seen a picture of the uh, Anglo-Nubian goat. It's a, it's a beast of a goat. That thing is huge. <laughs> yeah. And according to GoatWorld.com, did you know there was a GoatWorld.com? No, that is the best website ever, GoatWorld.com. I hope <laughs> there's great. one of those for every single animal. I, I want to see, like, marsu- well, marsupial is not a specific animal, but you get the idea. I want to see a randomanimal.com. <laughs> So, do you know the names of a uh, of the female and male goat? Yeah, I do, but for some reason, it's uh, it's uh, escaping me right now. I learned that if you call the female goat a nanny goat and the male goat a billy goat, that you are a total goat noob. Yeah, that's incorrect. Yes, no. Mm-hmm. Doe and buck are the preferred nomenclature for right. uh, male and female goats, and then they have different names for. If you have a male goat that is has been castrated, there's a different mm-hmm. name for that, and I don't remember what that is it's escaping me right now i do remember that uh 
the younger goats are called kids. Um, so. Ah, yes, kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will link to this website because it is terrific. It looks like it was put together in about 1995. And if you go there for no other reason, go there to read the heading. It's a, it's a whole separate heading, and this is the real title. Goats are not sheep. <laughs> oh, I, that sounds great. And I love that 1995 aesthetic that uh, some websites bring. So I'm, I'm, I'm stoked <laughs> to look at that. <laughs> yeah, and, and apparently it's a problem. Some people think that goats and sheep are the same animal. Oh, that's that's kind of interesting. I guess I didn't realize that. But maybe... Uh, so I, I live uh, pretty close to a major city, but I also live really close to a lot of farms and stuff. So I, I see sheep frequently, and I know that they're not goats. So maybe... Uh, Maybe living in the Midwest like that has given me a little bit of an edge over some other people as far as identifying goats. Perhaps mm-hmm. you're you're more of a you're more of an animal expert than you give yourself credit for. Yeah, maybe. Goats were uh, probably one of the first domesticated animals. Thousands and thousands of years ago, goats were domesticated. Right. Uh, I from what I understand, they were domesticated first in like the Iran area, so basically Persia. Um, which kind of doesn't surprise me because, like, a lot of early advances in technology came out of the Persian area of the world. Um, so, like, the fact that they were one of the first people to, to dem- domesticate animals and they domesticated goats, which was one of the first animals to get domesticated, I don't find that particularly shocking. So that kind of goes to show you that um, goats can be raised all over the world in all kinds of biomes, whether it's a, a grassland or a dusty, deserty kind of conditions like Afghanistan and Iraq. Mm-hmm, that's right. And really, the two main requirements for keeping a goat, they're really not all that needy. You just need a clean, ventilated shelter and some sort of grass or vegetation for them to eat. Right, okay. But there's a few little uh, complications, you might say. Sure, what are they? Well, goats like to do what's called browsing. Right, right. So there's a difference between browsing and grazing, right? Right. Grazing means you're you're going to have your head down and you're going to be eating grass most of the time. Mm-hmm. But browsing means that if you're an animal, browsing means that you prefer the leaves of woody plants and uh, bushes. So when people say that they want to put a, a goat in their backyard, you know, to keep the grass short, mm-hmm. they're going to lose all their shrubs and bushes before the goat even touches the grass. Right, right. So uh, I'm sure that's probably not the only complication, too, because... Uh... Goats are not... You don't normally see someone keeping a goat to mow their lawn, so... No, you don't. Mm-hmm. The other the other problem with them is they're very smart. Right. They're about as smart as your uh, domestic dog or cat. Mm-hmm. They're, they're naturally very curious, and they always seek, seek the highest point. So if you have that shelter, it's not going to be uncommon for you to see that goat standing on top of the shelter instead of standing underneath it. Right. Uh, that actually reminds me. There's this uh, restaurant that's uh, in Door County, Wisconsin, where um, they're famous for having a roof on top of the restaurant that is made of grass, and they have goats that hang out on top of the restaurant and eat grass. It's like the Scandinavian restaurant. Uh, I can't remember <laughs> the name of it. I'll look it up later and uh, see if I can't get a link to it in the show notes. Do they have a way for the goats to get down? Can they just go up and down at will on uh, top of the restaurant? I, I think they have to go up and help them down um, after they're done eating. I think they only bring them up there when when it's time for them to eat, and otherwise they're not actually. They don't just like live up there or anything because that would be kind of cruel. But uh, <laughs> when, when it's time to eat, they bring them out and throw them up there, let them uh, 
eat some grass a little bit, which we know isn't their preference now. But uh, right. But yeah, and then they go and get them back down, and because uh, you, you, you don't see them up there all the time. When we went there one time, they, there were no goats on the roof. But it's still kind of cool to see the pictures of the goats on the roof because it's kind of fits in with the whole thing that we know about goats is that they're kind of agile and curious, and they just like to get up in the high places and uh, you know just hang out. So if you have like if you if you keep one in your backyard and you have a tree like I have a big tree in my backyard right and that and the lowest branch is about five feet or less off the ground they will climb the tree they can get on your roof mm-hmm. and uh, basically it's very hard to contain a goat because they're <laughs> smart they try to exploit weaknesses and fences and and in any other kind of containment you give them and uh, you're probably going to lose that goat pretty quickly <laughs> he's going to be running rampant throughout the town. <laughs> Right, and because they're herd animals, you're going to actually need more than one goat. That's true. You will need more than one goat to keep them happy. But one thing that I kind of noticed going to that fact that they're herd animals is that uh, if you do keep a goat as a pet, it'll latch onto you if you hang out, hang around enough. So it will become like it will form a close bond to you. So while it might not necessarily want you to catch it, it might also not like zip off too far when it tries to run away and eventually probably does get out of its uh, whatever enclosure you have for it. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, they're like big, they're like big vegetarian dogs. Is pretty much what goats are. Yeah, with a little bit better uh, climbing skills. <laughs> Have you heard of fainting goats? Uh, no. What's that? What's that about? I, I feel a, a special kinship with fainting goats. Okay. Uh, they're also called myotonic goats. They're also called a whole number of different things, like stiff-legged goats. Okay. And uh, if you scare them, their legs will stiffen up. They will fall on their sides, and they will. Faint. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Uh, that's this is a, it's a very strong reaction. I feel a special kinship with these little goats because I feel like it's got to be a very frustrating life to live. Right. Like I hate I hate being jump scared. Uh huh. Yeah. Like I hate jump scares. It, it just you know I get anxious and I get angry and it just ruins part of my day when i get a jump scare so you're not going out to watch those movies where the whole point of the movie is like something's gonna randomly pop up on the screen and make you go Whoa. oh yeah. no 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 i hate those i hate those so much and for a good couple of years my son because of the, the reaction that he got from me mm-hmm. would hide behind doors and hide behind things just to jump out and scare <laughs> the crap out of me oh that's that's kids for you right they like to torment you <laughs> yeah so I feel like, um, you know, these little fainting goats, they just are kind of minding their own business. And then when somebody finds out that they're a fainting goat, then they start, you know, trying to scare them to get the reaction, you know? Oh, so so the fainting goat might be a Paul Chomo spirit animal. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> People breed those little goats, those little fainting goats for meat. They're okay. actually a good, a good goat to eat. Sure. Apparently. Okay. For amusement. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, come on, guys. This, this is mean, but all right. This is what the this is what the website says. This is howstuffworks.com. Okay. For meat, for amusement, which is kind of sad. Yeah, it's to a little mean. <laughs> and to uh, to accompany herds. Okay. Why why yeah. accompany herds? I wonder. Well, you put fainting goats with another herd like sheep. Mm-hmm. If a predator comes and the sheep start running away. Uh oh. The goats faint. Yeah. And the predators get the goats. Yeah. And then the sheep okay. get away. All right. I guess I guess I get it. Uh, once you started explaining that, I I realized what was going to happen. The goat was going to get eaten. So um, 
one one thing I thought was kind of interesting, uh, going back to uh, you know grazing and and the way that animals eat and stuff like that, is that goats have really interesting pupils, right? They have these horizontal pupils, um, and it's kind of related to their role in the ecosystem, right? Uh, like different pupils go to different types of animals. Animals that are predators tend to have like circular pupils. Animals who aren't tend to have uh, uh, slanted pupils, and then certain types of predators that are low to the ground have slanted pupils vertically, whereas goats have slanted pupils horizontally. So this is all kind of tied together, and, and what... Uh, there's a study that found out, and there's a, a link to a Washington Post article that points to the study that found out that goats have a, a really wide field of vision as a result of the way that their pupils are set up. So they can see prey like from all around them while they're eating. So like they'll keep their eyes like kind of like level to the ground and turn their head however they're eating so that their eyes are level to the ground so they can see prey. And it turns out that their pupils that are horizontal slits like that are kind of an adaptation to help them be able to spot predators while they're browsing so their vision is just naturally like panorama mode yeah exactly that's exactly right they have panorama vision and uh it helps them to see any sort of uh animals with circular or vertical slitted eyes that might be coming after them it probably gives them really good night vision as well because the big pupils let in more light Right. Uh, so I guess because they're horizontally slitted, what it does is it, it gives them really good vision in all light conditions because it turns out the, the reason why they have really good vision is because if it's really bright, the sunlight won't wash out their vision because of the horizontal slit. It can't, you know, it's at a high angle, so it doesn't like flood their eyes. So they end up having really good vision in high light situations, but also really good vision in low light situations because the light that's reflecting off the surroundings is able to enter the eye. Um, at a greater rate, right? More light gets into the eye because of that slit. So, yeah, they have really good vision in night and in day. That is really interesting. And mm -hmm. and those rectangular pupils have one other use. It helps humans definitely mark them as agents of Satan. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is so creepy looking. Those things are nuts. I don't... I don't, I don't really, it's a little unsettling when you see a close-up picture of a goat's face, and there's a reason why I think why goats are sometimes associated with, uh, you know, evil or whatever, because that's a really unsettling look. Oh yeah, I think um, people just don't like goats from maybe bad experiences at a petting zoo, mm -hmm. or just the way goats look, or those eyes. I think people kind of have maybe a little prejudice against goats. Yeah, sure. You see the, the little cartoon of the goat eating the tin can? Right, right. They don't really do that. Oh, really? So what do they yeah, eat? Yeah, no. They eat vegetation, like we said. They, they browse, they eat plants and shrubs and things like that. But they do test things for edibility all the time. Like we said, they were curious animals. So if you throw a tin can out there, the goat will definitely put it in its mouth and chew on it for a little while. But he's not actually going to consume it. Right. And the same goes for people that have, just have a an idea in their heads that you could just toss the goat some trash and the, the goat will take care of the trash. Right. Well, that's not exactly true. So it's really just that you see the goat kind of munching on something to try to test it out, but it's not actually eating that thing. Right. And they, they have that weird kind of, their their upper jaw is bigger than their lower jaw. Yeah, it's kind of so weird So they can looking. only chew. It is. They can only, it makes it so they can only really chew on one side of their mouth at a time. Yeah, they'll sit there and chew on things for a while. They have this little thought. You can see the little thought bubble. Is it edible yet? Is it edible yet? Is it edible yet? 
And if after a while it doesn't get edible, they just spit it back out. <laughs> just spit it back out. Well, I guess I didn't really realize that they only ate vegetation. I do know that the way that they digest food is uh, through rumination, which is like how cows and stuff digest food, where they have like several chambers in their body with like different stomachs or whatever, and they basically ferment their food. So that's, that's I guess, it kind of goes along with the fact that probably the best way to digest plant food right yes mm -hmm. i didn't see anything about their teeth normally we when we talk about herbivores we wind up talking about their teeth did you see anything that indicated that maybe their teeth grew back or no i guess it, i i guess I, I also didn't see anything um specifically about their teeth so what that makes me think is since they browse instead of graze maybe they're eating things that are a little less abrasive so they don't have to have special adaptations um, to their teeth because I, I didn't see any mention of, of anything with goat teeth in what I was uh, researching so my guess is that they probably just have normal teeth like you and I that once they grow in as an adult right they're just there and uh, you hope that they don't fall out <laughs> yeah that makes sense because everything I read kind of indicated that grass is kind of a last resort for goats if there's nothing else to eat maybe they'll eat grass right kind of uh, to change topics here um, goats uh, when they reproduce they have a 150 day gestation length so they only are pregnant for about five months so, so an interesting fact about pregnancy in goats is that they almost always give birth to twins. It's it's not too uncommon to see like single or triplet birth, but it's almost always twins. I thought that was really kind of interesting that goats kind of always gave birth to twins. Like imagine if humans always gave birth to twins. Like you were guaranteed to have two kids almost every time you you uh, you got pregnant, right? Oh man. <laughs> yeah, that would that would <laughs> that would lead to a, like a population explosion. I feel like there there'd be I, I have enough problems with crowds. I can't <laughs> even imagine. Thing I read was that goats outnumber people about 4 to 1 on the planet. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there are a lot of goats out there. I mean, uh, there's like metric tons of of goat milk that get produced every year right so there's a lot of goats out there um and it, yeah and, and it kind of it's helpful that they reproduce in sets of two because then then you you know get a higher rate of of, of uh of population right uh expansion right so an interesting thing i was just going to say real quick an interesting thing about when a goat gives birth it's kind of like a really uneventful thing right so like just before giving birth which is called kidding a doe just kind of gets like uh, starts breathing heavy, maybe looks a little bit worried and becomes uh, restless. It might d display a little bit of extra affection towards their keeper. And then just the two goats just kind of come out without much fanfare. <laughs> uh, the mother eats the placenta <laughs> to get nutrients. Oh, no. <laughs> well, she, she gets a lot of nutrients because that's quite a expenditure of energy to do that. So it, it gives her a lot of nutrients and it actually helps uh, stop the bleeding from the process of being born, which I guess that kind of uh, parallels like behavior in other herbivores like deer. They kind of do that. And, and another positive side effect is that it re reduces like the uh, scent from the birth, which helps to make it less likely that a predator will discover them. So, Oh, that is, that's interesting. Yeah. Disgusting, but interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Male goats have a reputation for when they are getting ready to breed to be very, very determined and active. Mm-hmm. And uh, persistent. Kind of like I guess people. This is the nice way to put it. <laughs> kind of like people. Uh, I don't know. Or, or, they, or, or um, is this going to go a weird way? I'm going to regret saying kind of like people. <laughs> <laughs> Male goats have a reputation for uh, when they're getting ready to breed with mm -hmm. a female goat of being very persistent, very determined to get at that female goat. Right. 
I guess that's the nicest way to put it. Yeah, I guess uh, that, so- that sounds a little bit... Uh, I'm, I'm not sure quite where you're going with that. I'm not... Uh, maybe you could elaborate just a little bit, but not, not too much to where it's going to get creepy. Well, if there's not a female goat around, mm-hmm. the goat will try to mate with any animal that happens to be nearby. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> now, I had a friend that had a goat. Okay. And he had to get rid of the goat. Wait, was and he, was he asked, also a Florida man, just so I can uh, be sure I know where we're going with this? He was a Florida man. <laughs> okay, Florida he, man he lived has inland. goat. He had a goat. He had some other animals. All right, all right. And uh, we asked him, we, we said, well, what happened to the goat? You know, I had to get rid of the goat. It was <laughs> wanting to breed. Well, you know, we, we said, well, what's the problem with that? He said, well, he was penetrating the hogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, man. And it, it didn't sink in for a minute, and we were like, wait, he's, the goat was, he was penetrating the hogs. We had to get rid of him. He was <laughs> penetrating all the hogs and upsetting them. Oh, man, he had to say penetrate, too, man. Oh, God. Okay, well. At least four or five times. He was right. penetrating the hogs. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess I see what you mean, then. And apparently, male goats have a really nasty habit of urinating all over their legs. They'll put their face down and they'll urinate right in their own face. Huh. And they'll cover themselves in their own urine to oh. attract the female. Well, I'm glad that human females aren't attracted to urine smells because that's not cool. Only if you go to an insane po- uh, clown posse concert. How would you know that, Paul? To- Have you been to an insane clown posse uh, concert before? I've seen videos. Okay, and I'm just all assuming. Right. YouTube, sure, sure, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> it, it appears to me that at Insane Clown Posse concerts, the males will frequently cover themselves in a thin layer of their own urine <laughs> and then try to go after the females. Right, okay. Just saying. <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's kind of, that's a little bit nuts, but all right. So um, after, <laughs> I will say, after the whole process of reproducing and, and kidding, which is, you know, producing an offspring, producing a kid. Um, You're kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. No kidding. <laughs> so, I wonder if that's where that came from. No. No, I can't. Maybe. Be. No, I don't. I don't think so. Maybe. Uh, well, anyways, so afterwards, the, the, there's a the they go into a process called freshening, which uh, means okay. that they're able to produce milk at that point. I guess uh, usually uh, they are able to produce milk for about 305 days, so the majority of a year. And uh, during that time, they can produce up to 4,000 pounds of milk. That's, Holy uh, yeah, moly. That's a lot of milk. Yeah, they also produce um, uh, angora. Like, I thought this came from sheep, but angora and cashmere for sweaters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Comes from goats. I didn't. I did not realize that because cashmere is like a really fancy uh, textile, right? So I know, I know it's really expensive. So um, Yeah, it that, comes from goats. Okay. comes from a, a specific kind of goat. Okay, cool, cool. That's neat. There's also one other resource that most of us enjoy that we can thank the goat for. Sure, what's that? Well, according to a popular legend, a goat herder in Ethiopia saw his goats behaving more actively and energetically after eating the red berries and shiny leaves of a particular tree. Hmm. So that herder went and tried it himself, and he, too, felt more awake and active and full of energy. Okay. And the... The story goes that a passing monk observed this herder and his goats, and when the herder told him about the berries, 
the monk decided to dry the berries and turn them into a beverage, and coffee was born. Yes, oh, you gotta love monks. They make the best beverages, coffee being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, that would be pretty cool. I wonder how, how you, you see that scenario, and then your brain goes straight to, let's make a drink out of it, and then like you have coffee. That's pretty cool. Or, or hey, my goats are behaving differently. Let's eat what they're eating. Yeah, well, th- thank like that was really the first step, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm yeah, going to try is, some of those berries. That is kind of weird, because one thing I do know about goats that is that they can eat uh, plants that are poisonous to humans. So, like, uh, it's maybe not the best idea to eat something just because you can... Because you see a goat eating it, you know, because you could be eating something poisonous. <laughs> well, that's that's brave, I guess. Well, I'm glad that that guy was either brave enough or stupid enough to eat that coffee bean, because I, I enjoy my daily cup of coffee. Me too. Mm-hmm. So uh, another uh, kind of older story about uh, goats, really old actually, is that the Norse god Thor, you know, the god of thunder, he had a chariot. And uh, do you know what that chariot was pulled by? I'm going to guess goats. It was pulled by two goats. One, uh, I'm going to try to butcher these real quick. Uh, Tangvisnir and uh, Tanginyoster, which uh, translates to snarler and grinder, basically. So, like, he had a, one goat that liked to snarl at everyone and one goat that liked to grind its teeth at everyone. So, like, these two big, intimidating goats would pull his chariot. That's kind of <laughs> kind of an old mythological uh, connection with... Uh, goats there can marvel please 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 work that somehow into ragnarok next year (laughs) yes it would be awesome if if you had snarler and grinder and uh in the thor movie i would enjoy that (laughs) and uh maybe uh they could somehow get a crossover with another uh kind of mythological goat connection right which is the greek god pan who uh was one half goat and the other half man Okay. Yeah, he's, he's you know the guy played a flute. Um, just so you know, uh, I said that phrase the way I did because uh, if you went to uh, school in the like eighties and nineties, if you went to elementary school sometime around then, there's a good chance that you heard this really uh, uh, catchy song in one of your classes about Pan, and it goes like Pan, Pan, Greek god Pan, one half goat. The other half, man. Oh, wow. I haven't heard that in years. Yeah. So you've heard it, though. Yeah, I have heard it. Yeah. And so uh, the thing is, is um, uh, I was talking to my wife about this one day, and it turns out like a lot of people have this common experience of hearing that song. And the thing is, is I cannot find that song anywhere on the Internet. It it doesn't exist. And it's like driving me nuts because I know it's a real thing. You know, it's, it's out there somewhere. I can't find it. Man, you just jogged a brain cell that I have not used in years. <laughs> well, I'm glad because because now uh, I can make you suffer with me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're gonna go from ancient pop culture and mythology to current pop culture and mythology, and we'll do that right after this. Hi there. This is Brett Stewart from Geek Cinema Society. Are you a film lover? Do you consider yourself a connoisseur of the silver screen? Well, Geek Cinema Society is a weekly roundtable program where each episode we touch on a film considered pivotal to geek culture. From Blade Runner to The Goonies to Mad Max, we dig into it all. Plus, our guest each week hasn't seen that week's film until the episode. Join me and my co-hosts, Nicole Davis and David Luzader, 
on a spectacularly fun journey that hits your podcast feed every Sunday. Available on Blazing Caribou Studios. You know, whether they're the ones doing all the work or they're just there for comic relief, movies, TV, and video games are loaded with animals, and the goat is no exception. So let's talk for a few moments about where we usually see goats, not in nature or in a zoo, but on a screen. The first thing I think about when I think about goats on a screen is I think about this old Saturday Night Live sketch of the Billy Goat Tavern, which is the first uh, Chicago area connection that we have, right? The Billy Goat Tavern is this, this place where you go in, people are rude to you, you order the cheeseburger, and this guy behind the counter goes, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, no no fries, only chips, or whatever, <laughs> yeah, so like, uh, and, and that's kind of like where where my mind goes to first when I think about goats and pop culture. That was the Billy Goat Tavern? Yeah, that's the Billy Goat Tavern. Well, he, it's a parody of the Billy Goat Tavern. I'm not sure if they call oh, it that okay. in the skit, but yeah, that's basically the Billy Goat Tavern. When you go in there now in Chicago, that's what you get. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting little factoid for you there. Yeah. The one thing we have in common, you and I, even though you're up near Chicago and I am down in Florida, is that we are both big Chicago Cubs fans. Go Cubbies. They're having a good year this year. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't, don't jinx it. I don't know if I have to jinx it or not. I think they're already jinxed. You've heard of the curse of the Billy Goat, right? <laughs> of course I've heard of the curse of the Billy Goat. It's, it's the owner of the Billy Goat Tavern was asked to leave Wrigley Field one year because uh, people were complaining about the smell of his goat. And this was in 1945 during the the World Series. And uh, he wrote like a telegram or something to, to Wrigley that was like, you're going to lose the World Series and you're never going to win again or something like that. The, the quote I have was, them Cubs, they ain't going to win no more. <laughs> that, that sounds just about right. <laughs> and uh, That's been interpreted to mean that there was another, there would never be another World Series game won at, at uh, Wrigley Field. Which is, uh, so far, been correct. Uh, we'll see what happens a little bit later, but um, 1945, ever since then, it's been pretty bad. Right, and they, have, they haven't won a World Series since 1908. They've gotten close. They're getting close. They're having a good year. Yeah, just uh, don't jinx it. <laughs> 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 to to kind of go from uh, sports to video games, right? Or video sports, I don't know. You know, We have uh, a game called Goat Simulator. Have you seen this game at all? I've seen this game, and I've wanted to try it, and I haven't been able to try it yet. It looks like... It looks stupid and fun. Yeah, it is very is weird. Is what I'll what I'll say. Uh, I mean, you you play a goat. You kind of just run around, jump over things and stuff like that. And there's like it's weird because like the game is built in such a way where you'll see something and it will it almost be like it's a glitch or something in the game, but it's like intentionally put there, and you'll get like teleported into some weird other alternate universe and do some stuff and then get teleported back. And it's a it's an interesting game. Uh, I only could stomach about like 15 minutes of it before I was like, this is just too weird for me, but I suggest trying it out if you ever get a chance. Uh, there's a song. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of it or not. It's by a man called Pluto Shervington. Okay, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I probably haven't heard of that one. He, he's a legend in Jamaica. Oh, okay. The song is called Ram Goat Liver. All right. Yeah, don't know that one. <laughs> it's considered one of the best Jamaican songs of all time. It's kind of like a, uh, a folk song. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. I'll have to look it up later. Maybe uh, it's worth giving a hear to, right? I can put it in the show notes. Do you want to hear what the song's about? Yeah, sure. Okay, here's the uh, synopsis of Ram Goat Liver. Uh, it's Sunday. A man gets on a bus. He says he's uh, late for something, but it's not his fault. Okay. 
The bus has to stop because there is a goat in the road. Okay. Now, the decision is made by either people on the bus or people on the street or maybe a combination of both that this goat needs to be killed and eaten immediately. <laughs> oh, all right. So now this man, despite being late, he gets off the bus. The, the goat is made into a stew and he steals some of the stew. Oh, he, he doesn't get back on the bus. He starts walking toward his destination, presumably even later than he originally was. Mm -hmm. He has a massive diarrhea attack. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and people start laughing at him. Yeah. And the, the, the point of the song is that crime will never pay. Yeah, he got what he, it's karma. He got what he deserved. That's a bad day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're already late for something and you poop your pants yep. from goat curry. In front of everyone. <laughs> it's like a weird nightmare or something, like a dream you might have if you had a fever or something. Yeah. <laughs> Fainting goat videos are pretty popular on YouTube. I'll put one of those in the show notes. Have you heard the uh, the uh, the song remixes, like the Taylor Swift songs with the goat screaming in them? <laughs> no, but uh, goat screams are pretty. Uh, it's it's pretty po you know famous that goats scream when they make noise right as opposed to like other animals bleeding or whatever uh or neighing or whatever what have you goats scream so i'm sure that it's not too big of a jump to assume that someone would put that into the song oh yeah they're hilarious mm. yeah goats do not make the same noises that sheep do they don't make nice little farm noises if you didn't know that sound was coming from a goat <laughs> you would think somebody was being stabbed to death exactly it's a it's a pretty it's like something you might hear in a horror movie really the goatee beard Yep. Very popular in the 90s. Right. And uh, Very if you, if useful you ask me, it's still popular. Everything from the 90s that was popular is still cool now because, you know, the 90s, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you still see a lot of goatees. Yeah. They haven't gone away just yet. And they're very helpful for, um, well, let's just say overweight men. <laughs> like, you see a lot of overweight men with goatees so that they can, like, define where their chin actually is. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll just leave that at that. I feel like that's enough information <laughs> if you you've accurately described it. <laughs> yep. Also, if you want to write any emails, the uh, the man you want to write an email to is Paul Chomo. That's a Varmints podcast. <laughs> Varmints podcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> Direct all your hate mail to me. <laughs> would you eat goat? Have you eaten goat? Yeah. So not only would I eat goat, but I have eaten goat, and it's a it's a tasty treat, you know. And I, I've eaten goat milk, goat cheese. I, I love it all. Have you eaten the meat? Yeah, yeah, totally. You've eaten goat meat. Yeah, I have. It's uh, it's kind of like uh, so people say it tastes like sheep meat, right? But I, I've never eaten sheep meat. So what I'll tell you is it tastes like beef, but maybe a little bit greasier. Greasier beef. Yeah, greasy beef. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I'd try it. Yeah. I've never had it. I've had plenty of lamb. I love lamb. Yeah. I've, but, uh, I've actually oh, never yeah. had lamb either. <laughs> goat milk? I've had goat milk. Yeah. I've... Goat milk is pretty good. It's I think, from what I remember, it's a little bit sweeter than cow milk. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more... I, I would say more flavorful i can't like identify the flavor exactly but it, there's a good taste to it and I, and I dig it it's got a little bit more fat than uh, cow milk does right so like whole milk it's like 3.25 percent fat usually and uh, goat milk's like 3.5 percent so it's a slightly fattier and i think that probably lends to a, a better taste and also the uh the fat in goat milk the fat molecules are very very small mm -hmm. yep so and for some reason, it doesn't allow the uh, fat to rise to the top of the milk. Right. Like dairy, like cow milk has to be homogenized so you don't get that layer of fat on top. 
yeah. goat milk doesn't do that. Right, ex- exactly. Um, and, and another interesting thing about that is you don't want to homogenize goat milk, especially if you're going to make cheese out of it, because that uh, that fact that the fat is kind of suspended um, helps make the cheese like uh when, when you add the enzymes in that are gonna kind of react with the milk so mm. yeah goat cheese yeah goat cheese is awesome yeah i love goat cheese i, I like goat cheese pizza it's really good oh really unhealthy getting hungry <laughs> how uh how smart do you think goats are so um uh, they're they're not quite as smart as like a, a gorilla or something like that i would say but they don't they don't eat their own poop they'll put anything in their mouth but they don't eat their own poop so that's that's a good good key quality there they have enough sense to disregard their own feces, <laughs> yes, as exa- that guy on Pulp Fiction would say. Exactly, and and uh, I like to think of curiosity as sort of a uh, uh, some sort of indication of intelligence. So I'm going to go ahead and throw goats at like a six and a half or a seven. That's exactly what I was going to say because I think they're right up there with maybe your like domestic dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, high six, low seven. Yeah, sure. I dig it. Uh, any final thoughts on goats? No, uh, I, we've pretty much covered up uh, all the interesting facts that I found uh, over the last week when we've been kind of looking into goats. I learned a lot this week about goats. Yeah, actually, uh, I think I actually like them a little bit more. Yeah, they're, than I did before. They're a super interesting animal, aren't they? They're, and they're kind of fun too. Yeah, wouldn't keep one as a pet. No, but I would eat one. Yeah, I would. <laughs> wouldn't keep one as a pet, but I would eat one. Yep, that's how I feel about them <laughs> as well. <laughs> All right. Well, the Varmints podcast is produced by me, Paul Chomo, and Paul Wilk, with technical help from Matthew Chomo and Paul Wilk. All the music on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod. We are on the Blazing Caribou network of podcasts. Go to www.blazingcariboustudios.com. Nobody ever says the www anymore, do they? No, no. They could just say, so. just go to blazingcariboustudios.com. Yep. I'm old. <laughs> where you can find our show. You can find our show, the show notes that go along with this episode, links to the audio for this podcast, all kinds of little bonus pictures and show notes and videos and stuff to do and stuff to watch. And also, there's a lot of other great podcasts on Blazing Caribou Studios and the link to the Blazing Caribou Studios Patreon, where you can support this show and the rest of the network. We would love it if you took the time to leave us a nice rating and review on iTunes. Those help a whole lot. And you can send emails, you can send your suggestions, comments, criticisms, snide remarks, praise, whatever, to varmintspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening this week, and until next time, be nice to animals. Bye. a Blazing Caribou Studios production. If you like this podcast and want to hear more like this, consider supporting the BCS Patreon at BlazingCaribouStudios.com. A special thanks to Pinto and the Bean for our company theme music. If you want to hear more, head on over to PintoAndTheBeanMusic.com where you can check out this and other cool tracks. From a shallow world